Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Uh, I apologize in advance. There's a construction crew on the street outside my apartment. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know. Don't they know we have a podcast to record? How rude. Yeah, I know. It's also very annoying at, you know, 7 a.m. when they start working. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, let's just jump right in then. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Hello. Oh, welcome everyone. back. Here we are. We are here. <laughs> welcome, welcome, one and all. Something, 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 the Feeny call. I don't remember it. It and was every really just like, welcome, just... welcome, one and all. It's it, to another Feeny call. Oh, fuck. Now I don't remember it either. Damn it. Right? <laughs> Uh, we man. go through this every right. time. I know, I know. It's the Feeny Call. Welcome. You know why you're here. We're talking about season three, episode eighteen. Eighteen. I always forget what episode. I is. know. Every time I'm like one. I'm I'm thinking it in my head. I go seven. No, it's not seventeen. It's around there, but it's not that. And it's always funny because you're the one who starts, and you're like, "We're talking about season three. and I'm like, "I don't know why he starts. He doesn't know. What <laughs> he, doesn't we're know. On. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't pay attention to the number. I appreciate uh, his initiative, but like, I'm gonna have to finish <laughs> the thought. That's absolutely true. It is. It's been three seasons of me saying the season and knowing mm-hmm. that we're roughly within three episodes of this yes. number. I really should just guess more confidently instead of yes. waiting for you to finish. And then I can be like, nope, or yep, that's right. Right. Well, I can say with confidence that I was going to say 17, but I thought it was wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. We're and it was. 18. It was 18. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. So it's season three, episode 18. <laughs> yes. Life Lessons is the name of the episode. And I don't really have like a fun fact for us. It's more of just like a interesting tidbit that caught my eye and I'm sure will catch everyone else's eye or anyone else who, you know, noticed the same thing that I did. But they're like three new thugs in the school, the one with the long hair and then these two other guys, because I would assume that I don't know what Joey and Frankie are doing. But anyway, so one of them was Patrick Renna, who, of course, plays Ham in Sandlot. And I was like, who is th-? I was like, he looks so familiar to me. <laughs> and of course, the first thing I, I saw when I looked him up was that he was in Sandlot. So he's actually the second person from Sandlot that we've had on the show. I don't know if you remember, but we had someone on season one uh, sit in the death chair and he was from Sandlot. So second person from Sandlot that we've had in Boy Meets World. Oh, uh, that's right. I forgot about the kid from season one, but you're right. Yeah, now they're kind of growing up and mm-hmm. trying to find some work. And Boy Meets World was hiring any <laughs> kid who was an actual teenager around this time. So, and also a lot of adults too, because Lord knows they're they're not high school age. Most Fair. of them, yeah, yeah, are yeah. not. <laughs> and he's a jerk. He's a little yes. jet in this one. They're all they're all the fucking worst. (laughs) Are almost I would say I don't know what this is about. If they're trying to like just make Griff and Harley more likable by bringing in these other thugs that are worse, but whenever they bring in these like substitute degenerates, they're always (laughs) ten times worse than something that like Griff or Harley would do. Substitute degenerates is going to be my next band. (laughs) Yes. But the last time they brought in this guy and they were like, this is this is Harley. And we were like, no, it's not. They almost destroyed Turner's bike. 
And now they have all these kids who are vandalizing Feeney's house and the school. They're doing actually legal things. Whereas I feel like Griffin Harley did not do anything that was that bad other than just cut class. Well, we've talked about before how Harley probably sold drugs, right? That's true. Yeah, that's (laughs) probably true. At least we don't like see it, though. He's not like out and about with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what is up with the, I'll say it again, the substitute degenerates coming oh, in man. And being 10 times that. worse than. <laughs> if we had, if we had fun episode titles for our podcast episodes, as opposed to like the actual, uh, titles, the actual of the titles of the episodes, this one would be called substitute degenerates. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to put it somewhere in the description. Oh I man. I, I really, that's, that's such a fun phrase. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> great uh, i'm happy to I, de- degenerates is like is just i don't know that's a word that i don't think gets used enough i don't know it, it's just it's a good phrase well done i really <laughs> like it <laughs> thank you thank you i need it sewn into a pillow and like um silhouette embroidery of these three kids faces <laughs> absolutely even though they're only in this one episode yeah, yeah. that could be the most obscure now. piece of boy meets world merch ever crafted mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> So, oh, uh, it's 18. Oh, no. That means I'm on the... Damn it. Yep, it's your turn. Damn it. So I was like, those I was like, ha ha, it's your turn. And now I'm like, wait a second. No, it's your turn. Wait, it is? Did we get off? How did we get off? Because I did the recap last time. Did we get off? Oh, my God. I did might we? have messed it up. I don't know who did 16, but... I did 17 for some reason. I remember distinctly because I wrote everything down because I knew I was doing the recap. And so I wrote down like a list of thing, important things in the plot. Whoops. I know. How did that happen? Where did we know. go wrong? Damn it. All right. So am I on? Yeah, I guess it's your turn. I thought it was my turn, but I guess it's yours. So apologies to our listeners if you've been <laughs> following along and... Tell us where we got off because I really have no idea yeah, we, how we okay. did that. Well, I can do it. Right. That's fine. Great. Here we go. So Feeney puts up the final schedule and it's very stressful and they slack off and don't study in time and then they get pissed off because it's too hard and they rally and Corey tries to talk to Feeney and Feeney refuses to change it. And then some punk ass kids are like, well, we're going to go and, and trash Feeney's house and yard and shit. And so then they do that and they break a window and it's shitty. And then Sean and Corey get into a little bit of a fight about it. And then Sean realizes that he needs to stand up for Feeney because this, they're going about this the wrong way. They trash the school and they show up to help stop them. And then they help Feeney pick up trash. Meanwhile, t- uh, Eric dates a 27 year old. <laughs> that was a good addition. Thank you. I just had sure. to tag it in there. Uh, this little no, not do nothing be plot for mm-hmm. laughs oh this episode made me mad <laughs> this episode it did make me mad but also i caught myself laughing a lot during this episode a lot mm. of just little gems here and there i would say more specifically from eric but also Corey has some good ones thrown in there yeah i just thought it was uh it was a funny episode there were a lot of good little witty quips in there yeah but yes yeah. i agree it made me mad there were a lot of things to be angry about in this episode. <laughs> what did you learn? Well, I think the <laughs> thing the thing to take away here is I, I this is a good episode. Let me it made me mad, but it's a good episode. It didn't make me mad like some other episodes make me mad. So it made me mad for for other reasons. What I learned is that it is the responsibility of 
citizens, I'll use some general terms, I guess, <laughs> when they are faced with what they believe to be injustice to use their voices to speak out. However, it is equally the responsibility of citizens to acknowledge let's see how to how to phrase it's um so like Corey and sean realize like speaking up against injustice is one thing but then they also learn that an injustice has not been committed mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i think that's the important takeaway it's like you can learn how to properly protest injustice yes but you also need to recognize what is and is not injustice yeah. What is an injustice uh, and what is an inconvenience? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Or and what and what is a product of your own making too? Yes, you know, because yeah. what Feeney points out really is that they've had all year. <laughs> yep, it's not like no, there are, there are no surprises, and their anger at feeling unprepared and the unfairness of the system is a product of their own. Yes, uh, absolutely. Invention and and so that is why like this episode I think is a good episode. I think it does a good thing. Um, in that it points out this idea of speaking up against what, you know, things that make you feel unfair, but also then like Feeney, Feeney doesn't give and Feeney's not the bad guy at any point because he is pointing out that like, is it unfair or are you, are you lashing out like a child because you're Mm -hmm. failing to recognize your own position in this? Sure. Yeah. So I think the episode has a has a, could could have a like a broad you know it's very specific to these tests and whatever and yes. their feelings about Feeney, but from a, a broader perspective of like policy justice and injustice can obviously relate itself a lot of ways to the larger world. You go <laughs> you you jump in. I've, I, I it's your turn. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I I I kind of knew that you would take more of that route. So I looked at it from more of like the student's perspective and what, what lesson the students could pick up from this relating to the finals. And a lot of it was, cause I was thinking to myself, like why I never felt really that stressed around finals time. I did if I had like three in one day, just because it was a lot of information to remember at once. But if you've been keeping up with the work all year, it's just a, a culmination of everything that you've learned over the course of the semester or the year. And so my lesson to like Sean or Corey would be putting in a little effort along the way is going to pay off so much in the long run. Specifically, I mean, it can be general, but specific to finals too. Putting this effort in during the year is going to make this time a lot less stressful to you than if you just wait, don't do well during the year, don't study, don't retain it, don't keep any of your notes. And then you would kind of have to start from scratch at the end. Because Topanga obviously takes it too far. But Mr. Feeney says, he's like, you have done well this whole year, you're fine. Like, you know, the material, you've done your work. So the finals are not going to be that hard for you. And she's kind of obviously wigging out it's for laughs, whatever. But I think that's a good lesson just in general is put in the work along the way. And it will make the final result. I can't speak. It will will help with the final results. Sure. And let me just say, I've never felt great about cumulative exams. What makes more sense to me is, I don't know, there there should be some sort of synthesis of all the information, presuming you've had other tests and things like that. And it's hard for me to fully wrap my head around it because, like, I also want to climb up on a hill and be like, grades are bullshit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
because because they are in the history of, of grades and the education system is a short one and and one that has indelibly destroyed the idea of education but mm-hmm. you know that's yeah oh, another no, I... argument maybe you know, you know what this episode does right is it really shows the indirectly it shows the impact to that grading has on a child's desire for education. And I think Feeney sums it up in his little speech to Corey when he says, 40 years ago, most students wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. And there were a few that, I I can't remember the word he uses, but there were a few that were against it effectively, you know, and resistant to it. And then he describes how every year it feels like that majority uh, that wanted to learn has shrunk and, and has become now more and more people who, don't want to go to school and Mm -hmm. what i think is so interesting and it's it's hard for a child to grasp this and even made so particularly harder by the idea that they've never had a choice or they've never had a choice in whether or not they're going to go to school and moreover they've never wondered what the hell their life would be like if they were denied education and so it's this interesting idea that feeney presents where historically And not that long ago, you know, like within the last hundred years, there was a tremendous population that were not receiving general education. Yeah. Uh, Either by denial based on class, race, and any other number of factors. And it was seen as like the way to get out of your circumstance was education. Mm. Yeah. Now, particularly white public school kids that were shown here in this. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's a completely foreign concept. School yeah, is a absolutely. is a mandatory thing that they have yeah. to go do. It's almost a punishment, effectively, of being a child, uh, yeah. and it, and and not seen as like the real privilege that it is. Yeah. And I think that grades play a big factor in ruining that perception to a child. It's really difficult for a child to see school as a privilege when they are faced with so much punitive assessment within that system. Yeah. And you know, I think that. Corey kind of learns that school is a privilege and to have a teacher who gives a shit about you and is as good as Feeney is a privilege. They all, Corey, Sean and Topanga all kind of learn that here, but that's like a really tremendously difficult thing for a kid to grasp. Oh, absolutely. I was watching a movie the other night, but it was called my spy. And Mm -hmm. it was the, it was basically Vin Diesel's the past fire meets. uh, Oh yeah. 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 Game plan. Right, right, right. I've seen a preview about this. Yeah. Yeah. One of my roommates really wanted to watch it. It wasn't great. It was fine, but it wasn't sure. great. So I don't recommend it. I like at one point. I really like your description to... of those two movies that compare it to, by the way. That's exactly what the trailer looks like. Thank and that's you. a great reference. Anyway, he takes her to school. They have like a buddy day or whatever. And she brings him as her buddy. And I forget the exact quote, but it was basically like so he said something about like, this is your school. And she said, yeah, well, it's school. None of us actually want to be here. But, you know, we're just trying to survive day to day. And I was like, that's so sad. <laughs> I was like, that's the saddest mm-hmm. thing that I've heard come out of the mouth of a nine year old in a really long time. And I felt the same way a lot of times in school. So I oh, totally yeah. understand that. No, there's, it's like, it really should, if you were to take sample surveys of enough kids in America, like you would obviously discern that generally speaking, they don't feel good mm-hmm. about school. Like they don't yeah. like going to school. The, what I think the, the big challenge there is like, you know, school is something everybody should be, should have a good, like should have the opportunity to get an education. Mm-hmm. And we have created so many punitive systems in that now that 
have really ruined what is a tremendous opportunity and turned it into a a requirement that passes such harsh judgment on those that don't meet their expectation and you know gets mad at kids too for being like don't you understand like what i'm giving you and I don't know. You're not affording them the opportunity to to recognize the privilege. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. kind of what this episode I think is really a lot about too. Is just this I, this failure on the education system of imparting not only knowledge but what a gift it is. Uh, yeah. a, a quality general education is for sure. There should be a much bigger emphasis in the education system on not just you know the facts and figures and and theories and critical thinking skills you develop, but also the idea that like you're in a setting where you get to develop those things. Yeah, I totally agree. <sighs> All right. Fuck these kids. Am I right? Can't believe they yes. broke Feeney's fucking window. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. I was like, fuck I, them, I, man. I was kind of like pick one thing. Like if you're going to, if you're going to egg the house, egg the house. If you're going to TP the house, TP the house. If you're going to spray, you know, whatever shaving cream or whipped cream all over his doors and whatever. I was like, pick one thing. Why do you got to do everything? Why do you got to do all the things? But they're, they must be really mad. I, it seems so silly to me that this is the thing that they get this mad over. But mm. again, I guess, it, I guess it goes back to what we were talking about when, they don't understand what what a privilege it is to have an educator who cares as much about them as as he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And thinking about especially putting it in the context of the rest of this show where we have Minkus in the first season talking about how little Mr. Feeney gets paid. I'm like, he has to put up mm. with so much shit for how little he gets paid. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I have to imagine this episode was really important to William Daniels because he talks a lot about he said this in several interviews and he says it in his autobiography too when he was first off with the part he was adverse to it mm -hmm. basically because he didn't want to play a teacher who was going to be the butt of the joke all yes. the time he he refused to portray anything less than what he considered to be the like most thankless job in America mm -hmm. and and that is like a high quality teacher Michael Jacobs effectively is like, no, 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 listen, I understand that I, I give so much of my or I credit so much of my life to my teachers. I promise you that we are going to respect teachers. Okay. And like that was going to be a huge em emphasis of this. And so that's like with this whole episode, I think really has a lot to do with humanizing teachers again in the eyes of students, because it's so easy when you're a student. Yes. To, it's easy to ignore all adults as humans, but particularly your parents and your teachers. Like, they're not real yes. humans, and it's so difficult. You know, I, find, I see it all the time with the kids I nanny. I have to constantly remind them, like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm a human. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think and feel things, yes. too. So when you say that shit, it affects me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I think um, that's one of the things that I love the most about this show is the fact that the adults are very human. Even though they're not the central mm. focus of the show, Alan and Amy are so human. And even, I mean, a little bit Turner and Eli, but especially Feeney, we get these moments of him being very human. What do you think about Feeney's decision to retire following these incidents? I think part of me is like, I could see it being good for him on like a mental health level. We see it eventually in I know, season five or six, something like that. He tries to retire. I think between five and six, he tries to retire. And Eric obviously goes uh -huh. to Wyoming and gets him. And he is bored. Like he's, I, so I think that in the event that he had a lot to do in retirement, I think it would be very good for him to like relax, 
take some time for his mental health. You know, his actual health probably is starting to not be as great anymore. I don't like it as a response to what the kids are doing, but if Feeney has made the decision that it's right for him and it just happens to fall around the time that these kids are doing this, then I think it's a good decision, but I don't like it as a response to what the kids are doing. Yeah, I think um, I would be in kind of Turner's position and trying to urge Feeney not to, but I'm also trying to put myself in Feeney's shoes and I would feel so compelled to retire. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, I've done this for 40 years. At this point, I'm feeling so un- unappreciated. Mm-hmm. I hear them call me dinosaur. Yes. Now they've vandalized my house. Yeah. You know, at that point, I would feel really defeated. Um, Absolutely. Which I think is, like, the saddest thing, you know? He's got to be unappreciated at, at every turn. And now not only is he unappreciated, you know, it's one thing to be ignored. It's another thing to be uh, attacked. Yes. Because now, now it's now you're not like doing a thankless job. Now you are being resented mm-hmm. for doing your yeah. job. Yeah, I I don't know. I would probably put myself in the same position as him. I would probably say like, you know what? I've done this for forty years. I've watched it change, and uh, I've done what I think I can, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm leaving the game. Yep. You know, I would I would probably retire at that point. And and likewise, it would take. You know, he says like seeing those students really learn something he says it to turner i think right where uh the idea of like the value of his own assessment at the end of the year of seeing his students having learned mm. something Corey, is think. what keeps him coming back oh sure when he sees Corey sean and topanga having clearly learned something in a lot of ways right Corey seems to have learned something about about protest and justice mm-hmm. Sean, like all of them have in that respect. Sean has actually apparently learned some American history. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're all impressed with Sean. Um, right, right. And in that respect, that motivates him to keep going. I don't know that it would for me, if I'm being completely honest. I would probably still feel, I would like walk away a little a little lighter, but I'd probably still walk away. Yeah. I mean, obviously he has to be in it because it's part of the plot and he's a main character and whatever. And I can't imagine him just fading into the background and being their retired neighbor, Mr. Feeney. So it's essential that he stays on obviously, but to justify it at the end of that episode, he thought, I, he thought that none of the students were picking up on her. I, I guess Sean is one of the hardest students to get through to because He's tried time and time and again, and he keeps having to re mm-hmm. reteach a lot of these lessons to Sean. But finally watching Sean out in the real world, understanding a lesson and being able to apply it to a situation for the better. I think that was mm-hmm. Feeney's moment where he was like, I am still doing good. I can continue. Like, I can keep going. So that's my I would say that's the justification. What I saw, at least, of why Feeney is deciding to stay is because like Sean is a tough cookie to, you know, to break. And he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Little by little. I don't even have a lot of notes about the A plot. I have a lot of notes about the B plot. Oh, really? Go for it. I have a couple. I, I'm really disturbed by this woman's behavior. Be. <laughs> I knew you would be. I, I, I went out into the my living space. My roommate was there, and he goes, how do you feel about the episode? And I was like, I think it's going to be a good episode. There's a lot of topical stuff in this conversation. I said, but the B-plot has a 27-year-old dating an 18-year-old, and I guarantee Skylar is going to have a problem with it. 
<laughs> and so and my biggest problem with it, it's not even spe specifically an age. Like it's a little bit of an age thing. Mm -hmm. All right. But my, I've for a long time recognized that like my parents are, are 10 years apart yeah. in age and that there is a certain point at which that's like a really reasonable mm -hmm. thing. I think that if anybody is still a teenager, though, it's an unreasonable yeah, thing. Yeah, he's still in high school. <laughs> if anybody is still a literal teenager and still in literal yeah. high school, <laughs> there's a problem with it. And I also worry a lot about this woman's own mental yeah. well-being that she's put herself in this yes. position. I'm like, oh, oh, honey, like have respect yes. yourself more. Like, yes. <laughs> love yourself more oh than God. this. Well, and, and the thing is, uh, the first instance where he's like, well, I haven't eaten dinner. Do you want to go just grab a bite? Like, I'm like, okay, you've wound up in a situation that you did not foresee. Like if you, if you both haven't eaten dinner and you're like having a good conversation, yeah, fine. Go get dinner. The fact that they went on like a second date, I'm using air quotes. Right. You can't Fucking see it. Weird. That's weird <laughs> to me. Cause as soon as she realized like, oh, this is the son of the person who's trying to set me up. Fine. We can go out to dinner. We can just get like a friendly dinner. We can grab a quick, I can drive him to McDonald's. We can grab a burger, go home, you know? Like no big deal. Mm. But the fact that they like go out on like a second date is so weird. It's fucking yes, weird. I'm like, why don't you hold out? Like, even if you go out with Eric this one time, you should still be holding out to like actually go out with Turner. D did you just completely forget? Or is that, is that off the table now? Because he had to cancel once like girl, yeah. what's wrong? What's wrong? I just kind of want to shake her and be like, I know. Are you okay. Are you right? Okay? Like, get help. Love yeah. yourself. Come on. And yeah, it's, it's as far as the age goes, I'm like, listen, he's still in high school. He's still in high school. Mm. Don't no. That's no, it, it would even be different if he were in college, you know, like yeah. he's still in high school. No, again, I, if yeah. any, any party involved is still a teenager, then age does matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, notice though, she comes in, she looks at the picture on the mantle and it's still Lily Nixay as Morgan uh -huh. in that picture. I like, they didn't think to like replace the picture. Just like get them all in like one of those like Walmart photo booths and like take a quick picture and just replace it. Like who is the props master for this show? Who is the set designer? I need to speak to them. Mm. I think I had one more that I was thinking of, but I didn't write it down. And that was where I hate brain Eric's went. outfit. I'll just say yes. that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I also hate another one of those disgusting '90s dress-up outfits. We've I seen. also hate the fact that he takes her to Chubby's. Like, I understand that that's the yeah. only restaurant scene that they had on hand, but at the same time, just take her somewhere else. Like, I just, I, I, whatever. I they shouldn't have even got on the second date in the first place, but whatever. No, it's fucking weird. It is weird yep. as shit. Yes, it's so damn bizarre and you know what and it's impossible for me not to think to myself if we watched an 18 year old girl going out on a date with a 27 year old man in this episode it would be infinitely skivier very yes. quickly correct and i just any if any party's a teenager then age does matter yeah. all right <laughs> i i firmly believe that you know what what is the what show is it that has like the half your age plus seven or something right what uh, is that? Rec, i think is it a Parks and Rec bit? Yeah, because right? he's trying yeah. to figure out if he can date April or not. Well, I mean, what is, so half your age plus seven, 27, what's half of that would be? Wait, what is, thir sorry, 13, yeah, I'd say 13 plus seven, 13, so 20. 13 plus seven would be 20. So technically, it falls under the range, but it's weird because he's 18. Yep. Well, it doesn't even fall under the range because it, 20 is the minimum if she's 27. 20. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, so no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So it doesn't work. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's yep. weird. I don't like it. Don't like I it. I figured at all. you wouldn't. And I don't like Alan's reaction <laughs> no, to it. 
nope. That's and that's another like I mean this would not I don't think it'd fly today. Alan's reaction to it it's definitely like a 90s dad like oh my son is dating an older woman da, da, da. like that's that's uh, hopefully something that would not be okay today but definitely a sign of the times sure <sighs> who's your MVP Megan? my MVP is actually Corey and the reason that I picked Corey is because I had a feeling you would pick Feeney and so I picked Corey <laughs> because I also think that Corey does a really good job in this episode of accepting responsibility for these things because Sean gets very defensive when Corey calls him out. Like he's like, I, I, well, I didn't do that. Like I wasn't there. I wasn't at the house or whatever. And he was like, yeah, but you didn't stop it. And so that makes you responsible. And Sean was like, well, you started this entire thing from the ground up. And so Corey's like, okay, then I'm responsible as well. And so he's able to take responsibility. He's also, he also goes to the school as soon as Sean's like, they're, messing stuff up he's not he does not immediately call the cops and is like they'll take care of it he goes to the school and he's the one who i think learns the most in this episode even though sean is the one who delivers the final you know line he's still he's still swept up in it for too long and Corey realizes pretty early he's like just study that's all you have to do and it will be way easier on you so i think he is the one who learns the most in this episode and then he's able to assist sean in his learning process as well yeah contrary to what you've said i also picked what Corey. no then i uh, pick feeny <laughs> yep <laughs> in a rare instance i had already formulated who Rats. i was picking for my MVP, and i wasn't doing it on the fly and i was feeling very confident about picking Corey. similarly for that scene where he says and that makes you responsible and then i guess i'm responsible mm -hmm. too that's that's a very impactful moment for me and that's where Corey became the mvp for me is this recognition of responsibility uh and his culpability and the events that mm -hmm. unfold and that yes feeney pushes the nugget as he describes into Corey's head mm -hmm. past the sports statistics and phone numbers but Corey, i think is is the one who um affects the most change in yes. action yeah and it has a lot to do with that scene you described that's where i decided is when he tells sean that he's responsible and that that they're both responsible in that uh you know lack of violent action does not exempt you of responsibility yeah. you know and like let's let's just go on the record real quick and be like or for for me personally saying that like you know your violent action can be warranted but it is not <laughs> In, in this, this particular, uh, <laughs> no, in this particular instance, it is not warranted now. Yes, obviously nobody wants violence, but violence begets violence mm -hmm. and violence does not look exclusively like physical mm -hmm. action. There is other kinds of violence. So Correct. it can be warranted. It is not no, yeah. <laughs> in this episode. It is wildly unjustified, uh, as is the destruction of property in this episode. Again, destruction of property. It can be warranted. It is wildly yes. unwarranted yeah, in this episode. Absolutely. Uh, but Corey, Corey's recognition of his culpability mm -hmm. is really uh, a lot of where it, yeah, that's where it, it hit for me. I'm like, yep, he's the one in this episode. He gets it. Rats. I thought I was being so creative. I was like, I'm going to pick nope. someone different. Rats. Mm -mm. I mean, obviously a case could be made for Feeney and for John, I think. Both of them have strong yes. cases. And I considered John, I considered Feeney. But that, that scene in the hall with Corey and Sean did yep. it for me. I agree. I agree. I think that's mm -hmm. very important. This feels very, I like this episode because it felt topical in certain ways, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, 
I liked it because you can kind of, uh, it, it relates very easily to what's happening, I feel like, right now in the world, so. Yeah, well, there's, you know, an interesting, interesting lines to be drawn between this episode and current mm-hmm. events. Uh, the true difference being having a fight worth fighting Correct. for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and being in this episode, nobody is in a position of oppression and there is nothing that they are fighting for. I was, re- I was even so much as that they're being upset. I was even talking more about the mask situation where people are protesting wearing their masks. I didn't mean I didn't oh, mean sure. like the Black Lives Matter movement. I meant like people getting pissed off about something sure. that's really stupid you mean, oh, and I understand. So the, the people in our current world who are who don't have a position Correct. to protest but are yes. gonna protest anyway. Yeah, yes, yes. That they match the uh, uh what were they called? Um the substitute degenerates. Substitute degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> that the that they are the the current equivalent of substitute yes, degenerates. Because I, I like watched this and was going through and, and Sean was like talking about like, yeah, you have the freedom to assemble, but like I was just kind of like, so this is just very interesting to me that they are getting mm-hmm. so worked up over something that is so silly to me. And this has been blown way out of proportion and just like study, man, just mm-hmm. like take your exams. It's not like, come on, this is not. Just wear yeah, a mask, wear, you know, like, it's... Wear a mask. <laughs> like it's, not that, it's not about you. This you're not the only one in the school, you know, like you're not the only one on this planet anyway. All righty. Thanks for listening, y'all. Check us back next week. Um, We're on the things. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And we're all over. Leave us a voicemail. Send us an email. Podcast at Gmail. Mm -hmm. We would appreciate it. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends if they're getting into it. Especially if they want to jump in. We're coming up on some of the what I consider to be the most popular ones. Yeah. I mean, I just think that like when people remember the series, they think pretty fondly of kind of season four onward. Mm-hmm. When, when like adults our age think about the series, oh, yeah. that's tends to be more of what they're remembering and not the stuff that we've done up to this point. Yes. So if you've been like, Hey friend, just start listening now. That's fine too. They don't have to go back and re-listen to everything. They can if they want, but up to y'all encourage them to jump in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know the show. And right. I hope, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, class dismissed.